Hey, it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Being More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. I just unsubscribed from Mel Robbins' mailing list, and I really want to talk about why. In this episode, who she is, if you don't already know, the reason I unsubbed, why I'm even talking about it in the first place, and then I'm going to dive into the, quote, healthy habits hack she shared, and why it's not only the stupidest, most unhelpful advice a person could ever possibly give or get, but worse, it's downright harming people, perhaps even you, if you've gotten this same advice. So you don't already know, Mel Robbins is a widely popular international speaker and best-selling author of The Five-Second Rule, among other books. She's been promoting a health challenge that she's undertaken in the new year, and I'm not surprised by it, but I am disappointed, really disgusted, and I don't want that shit in my inbox. I landed on her mailing list last year sometime because, I mean, if I'm being honest, I saw that she was running a challenge of some sort. I can't even remember what. But I wanted to get in as a participant to experience how other people, particularly people with entire teams helping them, you know, run things like that. It helps me to get an idea of what people expect and, you know, understand user experience if and when I host things like that on my own. Anyway, there is a lot to like and respect about her. She is an outstanding communicator with a lot of really fantastic advice and great messaging. But also... In my view, a lot of really problematic and even downright harmful messaging, not the least of which, you know, being her sort of just make yourself do it attitude about everything. And the five second rule that she became so popular for, I mean, come on, like, I don't know about you, but counting to five before doing something that I don't want to do has never once magically made me want to get up and do the thing ever counting to five has never in the history of my entire life made me magically jump up to want to exercise or fold the laundry or scrub my toilet or anything else that I didn't already want to do. This five second rule, while supposedly backed by science, is one of the things that I view to be somewhat problematic. Now, to be clear, I am all for whatever works for people. So if you have tried it and it's worked for you, amazing. I'm thrilled. But what about when it doesn't work for someone. What happens if you count to five and you still haven't gotten up to do the thing that you keep telling yourself you need to do? What happens then? There's this incredibly charismatic, well-spoken, and popular leader making millions off of a science-backed brain hack that's just one more thing you try and doesn't work for you. And so what story are you telling yourself about that? I knew it. I failed again. Nothing ever works for me. I'm such a lazy loser. Or something along those lines, maybe. Does any of that sound familiar? It just reinforces old beliefs that keep you stuck and unmotivated. That's problematic. The just make yourself do it message, also problematic. The message in her newest book seems much more helpful. In it, apparently, she promotes the idea of giving yourself a high five in the mirror every morning. And I don't know the exact details. Honestly, I haven't read either book, but this one at least seems much better. I am a huge fan of becoming your own cheerleader, best friend, coach, or even parent 
in the mirror every day. So this concept I can really get behind at least. Anyway, last week or the week before, in her weekly email, she began talking about a new challenge that she was personally undertaking in the new year. And you guessed it, it's a health end quote mindset challenge. I'm not even going to get into how much I can't stand the word mindset, but we're focusing on health challenge for the purposes of this. And anytime somebody starts talking about a new quote health challenge, it's just, just imagine me face palming and eye rolling myself into oblivion. I'm not repeating the name of the challenge that she's starting because it sounds like the literal worst thing that anybody could possibly do to build quote healthy habits. And I don't want to give it attention, but I will say that it has the word hard right there in the title of it. And it sounds like a list of arbitrary things that you are supposed to make yourself do for a certain number of days. Again, if you could see the epicness of my eye rolling, at least they're honest about how hard it is, how hard it is to stick to, but they're promoting that as though it's a good thing, which in and of itself is extremely problematic, but more on that in a little bit. So she's talking about this challenge that she's doing. She's been talking about it twice in two different emails now. It was after the second time that I unsubscribed because again, I don't want that garbage in my inbox. In her first email, she outlines this challenge as making a series of promises to yourself for an arbitrary number of days, including not drinking alcohol, drinking a gallon of water, eating a certain meal plan, reading 10 pages of nonfiction, exercising twice a day, one of which has to be outside. Then she goes on to talk about um, a magic brand new way to exercise that can make you stronger in just three seconds a day, which is not entirely, it's not an entirely truthful way to frame something that's not at all actually a new way to exercise, nor is getting stronger in three seconds a day really a thing. But again, that's a topic for another day. Let's talk about why this particular challenge is so problematic and even downright harmful. Now, before I dive in, to be clear, I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to dunk on her specifically. This episode isn't even really about her. This promotion that she's doing of this health challenge, it's just the symptom of, of a much larger societal problem because this crap is everywhere, especially this time of year, even in the emails that we get from people who are not even in the, uh, the industry. And it's not okay. So her most recent email claims to share five essential hacks for making healthy habits stick. And in it, her first supposedly essential hack is the single most commonly regurgitated healthy eating advice in existence. It is also the most useless and downright harmful. After admitting that she already tried this same challenge last year and didn't even make it past the six day mark, she insists this year will be different because she has, quote, discipline and her magic systems in place. There is not a face palm big enough. I, I swear there's not a face palm big enough. Anyway, I bet you are dying to know what her, what her magic systems are. Buckle up because number one is going to blow your mind. It's so groundbreaking. Magic system number one for making healthy habits stick, she says, is to get rid of the bad foods. She hit her alcohol, and after eating all the cheese in her house, you know, just to get rid of it, 
She's refusing to buy any more dairy for X amount of days. Oh, she's also hid, hidden her son's ice cream in the freezer. Again, all to, quote, get rid of temptation. Magic system number one is get rid of all of the bad foods and go buy a bunch of fruits and vegetables. I kid you not. You guys, I can't, like, I just, I can't with this. Like, <laughs> this is truly the single most commonly regurgitated, most useless piece of garbage advice that a person could ever give or get. And worse, it's not only useless, it's actively harmful. And honestly, I don't know how anybody alive on our planet in 2023 could possibly think that this is good advice. As though we haven't all heard this BS drilled into our heads a million times by every single BS diet we have ever done. Like as though when we hear this groundbreaking healthy habit hack of getting rid of all of the food, we're going to think, oh my God, I never thought about doing that. That's such wonderful advice. And just by not buying this bad food, it'll magically make us want broccoli instead of potato chips. And we'll live happily ever after with these perfectly healthy new eating habits. Bullshit. <laughs> that BS does not work. It has never worked. It will never work. And it's actively harmful because it puts you in the miserable position of not only living in fear of and being controlled by food, but it sets you up for overeating or even binge eating on the foods that you've been trying to control. I know that I probably sound like a broken record at this point, but I will never stop shouting this from the rooftops. Trying to restrict the foods that you think are bad is one of the three biggest reasons you feel like you cannot stop eating those foods and you don't trust yourself around them. To learn more about, about it and, and learn more about the other two reasons, um, why restricting is so harmful and the other two reasons that you know we get stuck in those patterns, don't miss the free video series on my website at www.ecet.online. If you are scared to keep chocolate in the house because you don't trust yourself with it, or you feel like you have to hide, you have to have your kids hide the ice cream so that you can't eat it all, food is controlling your life. Dear Mel Robbins, food is controlling your life. And that is not how you build healthy eating habits. It is not a healthy way to live. It is a recipe for living in fear of food and creating seriously disordered eating patterns, not to mention feeling out of control around or flat out binging on the foods that you're trying to control. And yet here we are, stuck in a world where everybody promotes the idea that trying to protect yourself from cookies is how you build healthy eating habits. It's disordered eating on a truly societal level, being promoted under the guise of health. And I know that this goes against everything we have ever been taught, but what we've been taught is not working for the overwhelming majority of people, including you, I'm willing to bet. Because trying to force ourselves to follow other people's prescriptions for our bodies, like these stupid challenges require, is everything that's wrong with the health and wellness industries and why people, probably you, are struggling so hard to stick to anything. The simple fact that you've probably spent decades of your life promising to get back on track and feel like you need challenges or you need to keep making these futile promises to yourself is precisely because you keep trying to make yourself 
follow someone else's ideas about what you should be doing for your body every day. Instead of just connecting with your own body, trusting that it knows what it needs and honoring its communication and continuing to make, continually making promises to yourself that you know you're just going to end up breaking seriously erodes and destroys self-trust. Here's what you need to know about eating habits that nobody wants to admit. They are really friggin' hard to change because they develop for a reason, usually as some form of safety or protection. Protection against starving, for example. This is how restriction drives overeating. As soon as we start restricting certain foods or food in general, our brains panic because food is essential for our survival. When it's restricted, our brains see that as a threat to our survival and start flooding us with cravings and obsessive thoughts about it until we finally cave. Then when we cave, our brains are happy again because they got what they wanted and they begin wiring this act of caving into a habit, into a pattern. It becomes part of our conditioning. The more years we spend going through that restrict and cave cycle, the better our brains get at conning us into caving. That's why it often gets harder and harder to stick to diets the longer we've been doing them. You guys, food is safety and restricting food threatens our feelings of safety. So overeating the foods that we've been trying to restrict becomes literally a hardwired habit that our brains determine are necessary for survival. Simply not buying the foods that we're trying to restrict is a huge part of what contributes to hardwiring the act of craving and feeling out of control with them. And let's look at some other reasons why food habits can develop. Many of us have grown up in households where not only did we not learn how to manage our emotions, but our emotional needs went unmet and expressing, emo expressing emotions wasn't allowed. When we were children, or when we're children and it doesn't feel safe to express or even have emotions, we have to learn how to manage them on our own. And one of the easiest ways to do that is numbing and stuffing them with food. And again, in this case, food becomes necessary for us to feel safe because emotions are scary. Emotions are unsafe and we don't know what else to do with them. One of the single biggest needs our species has is to feel safe. And the need to feel safe typically overrides everything and anything else. So the habit to reach for food gets hardwired into that survival center of our brains, and it cannot be overridden by simply willpowering your way through an arbitrary number of days, at least not in any way that will last. This is why it's so vital to understand why we're eating rather than obsessing over what we're eating, because the desire to eat is the communication of a need, a need for food, a need for feelings of safety, a need to numb emotions. Beneath every behavior we have with food is a need, a need that we must learn to fill another way if our habits aren't serving us, and we want to change them in any way that will last. And trying to force our bodies to achieve some magical state of health or, you know, thinness at some later date through the promises that we make to ourselves about things that we're going to do again at some later date, it is pure control and fear, neither of which are healthy ways to approach getting healthy. 
truly healthy eating and living is about making choices that honor and support our bodies in this moment. And that should make life easier and better, not harder. Because when you're truly honoring and supporting what your bodies need right now in this moment, you're understanding what your currents need are, and then you're just meeting them the best way that you can. Healthy eating and living should never be chores that we have to find hacks and systems to trick ourselves into doing. The only reason it's become that is because we've been led to believe we must always be trying to fight and control ourselves into doing what others say we should do, rather than connecting with, trusting, and loving our own bodies enough to genuinely want to do what we know it needs. Our bodies are natural healers and communicators. In fact, right now in this very moment, and in every other moment of your life, your body is working so hard to keep you healthy and to communicate its needs to you. It is more invested in your health and well-being than anybody else on the entire planet. So rather than trying to force yourselves to do what others say you should do for your body and making futile promises about what you're going to do in the future, the only truly effective pathway to healthy choices is in the now. It's being present and connected in the moment and in your body so that you can hear its communication when it's telling you what it actually needs, which again, it is doing all day, every single day. And it's about loving and valuing your body enough to actually want to honor that communication and those needs rather than trying to force somebody else's prescription or agenda on it. Now, if you've been tuning in for a while, I recognize that I likely sound repetitive, perhaps to the point of being annoying. But as long as there are people continuing to repeat harmful, quote, health advice, that I know is a huge part of why the food war has taken over so many years of your life, I will continue to repeat the unpopular truth, even if I sound repetitive. Please skip the health challenges and instead practice loving your body more. Practice being present and connected in this moment and in your body curious about what communication it's giving you about what it needs right now with compassion and non-judgment curious about why you're making the choices you make and then practice simply being intentional with your thoughts your behaviors and your responses your choices intentionally prioritizing your overall well-being including that of your body and making choices for yourself and your body from a place of love and kindness. This is wholehearted being, and this is truly the new and only pathway to healthier habits. When you have connection and trust, you don't need systems and hacks. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.